It's Cofield and Company. Company, company, company. Who puts y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. Uh, that's shocking <laughs> to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. Yeah! All right, here we go on a Friday. Cofield and Company, big Friday in Las Vegas, big weekend in Las Vegas. We get a ton of football games, uh, basketball from here for the next uh, eight days is insanity as it seems like everyone is in town. Bunch of teams playing UNLV, uh, potentially some of the big boys of uh, college basketball, maybe Arizona, Wichita State. Uh, They're going to play one of them, Michigan tonight, UCLA next week. Adam Hill is here as the company. Ari is with us in the Finley Toyota Studios. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. So what's going on? Nothing. Quiet. Nice Slammage. Quiet week. No, no issues. Nothing happening. It's good. I mean, it was a fairly quiet week with the Raiders, which I think is kind of terrifying for some people. Uh, always, you know, big news around the, around the corner. But, man, you, you mentioned it. It is just an insane time in Las Vegas for sports. College basketball all over the place. Obviously, with the NFL coming up this weekend. There's still a hockey game tomorrow night with the Golden Knights. Like, there's everything going on here in town. VGK last night, how'd it look? A little revenge spot. Uh, a lot of players still out. Yeah, uh, got Zach Whitecloud back, which is obviously a nice addition. Um, weird, you know, stat, and actually Riley Smith talked about, hey, that's just a weird stat, that uh, the Red Wings were the one team that had never lost a game at T-Mobile Arena uh, going, in, going into last night. It had never happened. So uh, that that is erased now. Uh, Golden Knights have knocked that one off. So um, even the Kraken have already lost to T-Mobile Arena. So Knights kind of, uh, I guess he raced that demon, although it wasn't really a demon. There was a couple of seasons where they didn't play them here because COVID seasons and the bubble and um, just had a couple of wins early on. Uh, but yeah, I think getting Zach Whitecloud back was a, a huge boost. And not only did they get him back, he, he scores a couple of goals. Um, they just need to find guys. We talked about this before that they they – they just need to tread water for a while until they're able to get these guys back. It seems like every time somebody's close to coming back, like they get Mark Stone back, then Shea Theodore goes down. They get Zach Whitecloud back. Who goes down next? Uh, there's guys on COVID list. There's injured guys. But they just keep finding a way to win games. A lot of that is Robin Leonard playing really out of his mind right now. Uh, but the team is finding new guys to score. Cotter comes up, and he's scoring every time he's in the lineup, which is crazy, and pretty goals. Not like, you know, not – you know, greasy, dirty, fluky goals. He's he's putting some really nice offense out there. Uh, they're just finding a way. Well, DeBoer talked about having a lot of depth and trusting upwards of 23, 24 deep in their organization. So we're seeing it. Yeah, and they've needed every bit of it, probably more than that, uh, that they've needed so far. Uh, and that's, you know, it's being put to the test. And it's, it's at a time when, you know, they really needed it. Remember, they were, you know, one and four and staring at just being buried in the standings when they start to get guys back. They needed to find a way to... You know, we said play 500, you know, get get points out of half of your games at least, uh, get half the points available. They're doing better than that right now. They're far exceeding that, and they're going to be right in the thick of the race 
when they get all these guys back. I guess the only question really is, you know, what is the, you know, what's the chemistry going to look like? How long is it going to take to build it? But you're going to put, you know, these guys with experience uh, and trust that they can play at this level. Now combine that with having your star players back at some point down the road, which can only be a good thing for the organization's future. Cofield, Adam Hill, it's a Friday. Ari is back in our Finley Toyota studios. All right, let's get some injury updates around the National Football League and actually COVID updates as well. And I was going to ask you yeah. with the Golden Knights, like this would be the time. If you're beat to hell, this would be the time, especially to freaking mask up, wash your hands, stay away from people, distance. And in the NFL, I, the NFL came out a couple days ago and said, hey, it's time to mask up. The holidays are coming. And now across the league, we're finding out, you know, late in the week about different players being out. And for the Cowboys, today was not a good day. Listen, they, they have depth at wide receiver, but Amari Cooper has had an amazing year. And now we find out just an hour ago, Amari Cooper is out this weekend in a massive game with the Chiefs. And he's going to be out on Thanksgiving in the revenge spot for him against the Raiders. Yeah, I saw the potentially out. I don't know if they're sure. Maybe there was a further update when I was driving over here. But Vic Taper um, seemed to think that he was out. Yeah, uh, and ESPN. I just heard it on the okay. update. Uh, maybe it was Fox Sports Radio. I was listening to both, but uh, it looks like he's out on Thanksgiving. I would. I would imagine. Right. I mean, it, you can still if he's vaccinated, you can still get the two negative tests. Yeah. We're talking what Friday to next Thursday, so right. it's a possibility. But you're also seeing in Pittsburgh, Big Ben didn't practice all week <laughs> and is still not officially a go for Sunday, yeah. and he. It was revealed he uh, was on the COVID list on last Saturday. Yeah, that's about the same time on that Aaron Rodgers was on and just got activated last Saturday or you know, two Saturdays to be able to play um, when he had his issue. So I would imagine Amari Cooper probably misses Thanksgiving uh, and this game. Raiders, by the way, just came out. They have their own issue uh, with uh, defensive back coach Ron Miles, who uh, will miss the game on Sunday uh, in protocol. It's, it's happening everywhere. And you saw, the, as you said, the NFLPA has asked – uh, teams to really ramp it up next week in terms of people being around for the holidays and you know not trying to uh, uh, have as many cases as, as possible. I will say, going back to your uh, Golden Knights point, and I know you were just transitioning over to the to the football issue. I actually thought, like, I, I if I was the Golden Knights, I would kind of be hoping for an outbreak. Shut this thing down for a while, get those guys healthy. I mean, I think that would be. Oh, there's no real penalty. Yeah, if you're because you're vaccinated, like there's penalty if you're not vaccinated. But if you're vaccinated, there's no real penalty, so it'd be nice. Although, listen, the Golden Knights have been playing great, so I mean, I don't, I don't know if they really want to do that. But if you're like, hey, we can get a bunch of games at the end of the year instead of right now, okay, I would, I would kind of take that trade off. And of course, the bad luck. They don't get that. They only have a couple of guys having it, and they don't get to shut the thing down. You get a little by little, yeah. and then uh, you just have a different set of people out yeah. every couple of weeks. Hopefully that's not going to be the case. All right, mood around the Raiders uh, practice this week, because I feel like the mood around the uh, NFL community, but especially the Raiders community in and out of Vegas, is very down in the dumps. What was the read from the Raiders, from the coaching staff, down to some of the key players? Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to ask the same kind of questions to everybody just kind of work on a story for this weekend about – like, obviously, there's something wrong right now, but is it fixable? I think that was the kind of the question. And everybody seems to think, like, yeah, it's just a little thing here and there. It's just, you know, Derek Carr keeps pointing out, you know, last week, we not against the Chiefs, against the Giants, over 400 yards of offense, moved the wall up and down the field, just couldn't finish in the red zone. And, you know, a, a tweak here and there, like, hey, Darren Waller's wide open in the end zone, hit him. Um, things like that, you know, you know, penalties that have been just brutal all year long. Uh, inability to run the ball like those things 
they think are just you know a real mild tweak here and there away from turning the corner but it's a lot of different things i think that are it's a a lot of different minor tweaks so like yeah there's little things here and there and i think everybody's right that if you just adjust this then maybe you could be a little bit better but if you have to just adjust a little bit like seven different things right that then becomes much bigger uh, of an issue but i i do feel like the narrative has almost gotten out of control the wrong way now right to where it's like well the season's over it sucks i i had somebody ask me the other day um well what you know what do they do to fix the franchise now in the future like now this season's over and i was like it's nine they're, games they're, in they're, i mean I'm, I'm hearing on the station like how do they is there anything left in the season they're five and four right. now listen there are some adjustments they need to make we're going to get to them. We're going to talk football with former NFL players, Stanford route at the end of the hour in about 15 minutes, former Raider. So Stanford, Bill Romanowski will be in with us. So we'll start breaking things down on both sides of the ball. Cause there are tweaks on both sides that need to be made and things need to get better. But the season is far from over at five and four. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. I believe the defense had as much to do with that as well as what they were doing offensively from an explosive standpoint. So the Cincinnati Bengals need to get back with four to put pressure on quarterbacks and allow their offense to have short fields and easy ways to get to the end zone. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Can the Bengals get to Derek Carr? As Marcus Spears is uh, suggesting there, maybe hoping for there, or saying that's a key. And can the Raiders get to Joe Burrow? Man, oh man, Max Crosby certainly had success getting pressure on quarterbacks, and what that sets up is Ngakwe on the other side. So tweaks. We're going to talk about tweaks to the Raiders. They're 5-4. and four. It's not a disaster. Keep in mind, uh, both teams are coming off games where they allowed 41 points. Both got smashed by the Chiefs and Browns, respectively, or disrespectively. All right, so tweaks on defense. You just keep doing what you're doing, and the Chiefs was just an off spot because you chose not to go with what everyone else was doing to defend the Chiefs. Well, yeah, and when they did, you know, when they did do that, it was it forced Abram into coverage, and he couldn't do anything. He was awful in coverage, which he has been throughout his career. Um, yeah, it was it was an off spot for sure, but also, I think if you you're not going to get a straight answer on just what went wrong necessarily because they don't want other teams to to go with that and to try to beat them with it. But I think if you read between the lines a little bit, one of the things that I think frustrated them and concerned them was that the Chiefs just got rid of the ball. And then the Raiders didn't tackle. So Chiefs would, yeah, allow pressure, but they'd throw it before the pressure could actually get to the quarterback. And then you have to make a play on the guy that catches the ball and the Raiders didn't do that. They missed tackles all over the field. So that's a concern. And I think part of what Gus Bradley was kind of saying is, yeah, we saw them do it. We've seen the chiefs do that or seen the, the, the Bengals do that a little bit. And I expect that they're going to try to do that. So we'll see if the Bengals come out and just throw a bunch of short stuff and say, can you tackle us? And the answer to that question last week was no. And what do the coaches say about the tackling? Just, just a one-off. They were banging the drum that, hey, it's been good. It was just really bad last week. 
and don't want to get they don't want to get too carried away of like we can't tackle because you know they they don't want to I don't think they don't want to get to players heads that they can't tackle but it has been better than it was last year which is not saying much um but last week was horrific and if they continue to tackle the way they did last week it's gonna be bad now I think one of the things people would say immediately is get out there and hit hit each other in practice get the tackling there you got two games in five days yep so you really can't do that they, right they now. really don't do that in the nfl anymore no, they don't they do don't. it with the, they're not going to do it with human beings no but even if they were a freaking robot running around the field you're tackling a robot even if they were going to do it even if they do still do it in the nfl even if you're going to have a throwback practice and say hey go get after each other two games in five days kind of prohibits week that. 11 and 12 you ain't doing it yeah. on, on uh, short notice yeah so there, it's a tough spot and i'm sure Listen, I'm sure the Bengals saw the same thing. I'm sure they're going to come out and do the, Hey, Jamar Chase, just throw it to you at the line of scrimmage six six times in a row. And can they tackle you? We'll see. Did you do a feature on the football and uh, white stripes on the football? That doesn't seem to be a story anymore with uh, Jamar well, it Chase. because he's been bad again. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's. I mean, inconsistency. His, his contested catch rate is awful. Okay. Like, I love Jamar Chase. You know that from fantasy. But So this sounds like an easy mark then. Contested catch rate is awful. Well, you got to cover somebody to have a contested catch. I mean, that's kind of a challenge. Um, contested catch rate is awful. Uh, his his drop rate is not very good. Um, he's been making a lot of plays in space. He's been getting open, so that really hasn't shown up that much. But there are some concerning parts of his game. There, there's, there's some parts of his game where he looks like a rookie. Now, for the most part, he hasn't. He's been very, very good. The last couple of weeks, not great. Uh, I think last week he had like 13 targets, but six catches for like 40 yards. You know, there wasn't a whole lot there. Um but, yeah, I mean, he's obviously a dynamic playmaker, and he's in a very, very high-powered offense. They went and put a bunch of weapons around Joe Burrow, who, again, has been somewhat inconsistent. But, you know, they they put a lot of weapons there, and they can, you know, my thought is they are going to run Joe Mixon 100 times because the Raiders can't, can't tackle and can't stop the run. So why not just give it to another guy that's a great weapon? So there's a bunch of things, uh, numbers, that something's going to have to change on one side or the other for someone to get a win, or you could just get a tie last week with the – Lions and the Steelers, so we're looking at a Raiders team now that has scored 16 points or less in four of the last six games. Um, bye week! Fresh coming off the bye! Well, the Bengals have sucked coming off the bye in recent years, and this year, teams coming off the bye have also not been good. <laughs> at least against the spread. Right. Teams coming off a bye this year are 5-10-1 against the spread. Go figure. Yeah. Is it? Uh, but you wonder, is it overvaluing the value of the bye week built into numbers. Probably. I think that's part of it. Um, and like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if how to explain it. It's, it's not that much of a sample size. It's not like you start freaking out and be like, you don't want to have a bye. Like it's, yeah. it's not going to be like that. And also with the, the whole bye thing with like um, the Raiders being terrible after a bye. Um, that's, a, that's a weird one. They're four and 16 after a bye the last 20 years, because you have got different coaching staffs and, you know, for the most part, different players. Cincinnati's also been terrible yeah. over the last 19 years after yeah. a bye. They're 5-13-1 ATS. Yeah. No, yeah. that's – check that. That's straight up. Those are straight up records, not ATS. Straight up. I mean, I – 4-16, well, 5-13-1. Bengals have also been bad a lot of that time. So that, the Raiders. That, uh, that doesn't add to your, your hopes of being good after the bye. So the this isn't Raiders. the Patriots sucking after the bye right. or, or uh, you know, Andy Reid. Yeah. It's not like – Aaron Rodgers has a quarterback rating of 12 after after the bye. Like, no, it's not. That's not what it is. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's a little bit overblown. But at the same time, I do think that there's a lot of factors that are pointing to this is a very, very, very winnable game for the Raiders. 
that they have to win. It's, it's a must-win spot in a winnable situation. They have to go win. This could easily turn into a four-game slide because even easily. without Amari Cooper next week, who knows where the Cowboys are too, right? Yeah. First of all, traveling to play Thanksgiving games kind of sucks. Um, although we'll get into it next week. Is it an advantage road team or, or home team? But, uh, you know, depending on what the Cowboys look like this week, you know, you could have a super motivated Cowboys team. You could have a super confident Cowboys team. Let's not get into the, the whole mind games. Let's bring in Bill Romanowski in a couple minutes. A former NFL player, we're bouncing around the league and also get to what's going on on the Raiders defense, what he is seeing. And also, from a former linebacker, uh, I want to hear what he thinks of how teams are defending Darren Waller because he's, I mean, he's just, he hasn't been that effective much of the year. I mean, people have really shut him down. Finley Toyota, they'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Some of it was concentration. Um, it felt like there was some reverting back to old style as far as some tackling technique and things like that. And uh, even what we saw in the beginning of the season, some of the missed tackles we had due to some of the techniques or style showed up again. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. All right, let's get into that. It's one of the uh, points of the week from the Raiders coaching staff, and it was uh, it was evident in the Chiefs game that tackling wasn't great by the Raiders. Bill Romanowski certainly could tackle. He played in the league, was a hard hitter. He's up with us here with Cofield and company. How are you, sir? Fantastic. How's it going? Uh, we're good. We're trying to examine you know where the Raiders are right now through nine games, and one of the big points going into the Bengals game is tackling. That was Ritz Basaccia on the way back. Uh, what's your commentary on games where teams – Teams don't tackle well. You're playing against your our tribal, the Kansas City Chiefs. You're playing against a team that was in the Super Bowl the last two years. You, it, it, this was a crucial must-win game. You know, for you to put that stake on the mountains and say, we are here, and we're not leaving, and we're, we're ready to kick ass in our division. And, you know, what I saw was I, I just never felt like the Raiders were in the game. And, you know, tackling, tackling is an attitude. Let's, let's get real here. It's attitude. It's about getting a group of men, 11 people on every damn play to fly around and hit somebody. How friggin' hard is that? You get to play the game of football. You know, I don't want to hear bad, you know, we reverted back to some stuff early in the season. Bull crap. You had had guys that just weren't ready to attack. You had guys that just weren't ready to play. You have guys that just aren't ready to be football players, and they're not ready to be Raiders. Well, if if they're you know the issues were very evident last week in terms of tackling, they've been a little bit better earlier in the season. Can you fix that in the middle of a season? Can you can you become better tacklers? You can become a better tackler in one second. <laughs> Turn it on in your brain and say. I'm going to knock the crap out of people. And I'm going to get that guy down. 
on the ground. And, you know, here's another thing. And I'm, I'm going to say this is, you know, this went from the Raiders went from being John Gruden's team to Derek Carr's team. Well, hey, I saw I saw some nice things at times, but I didn't see 60 minutes of Derek Carr just being the man walking out on that field with kind of a cockiness, a confidence that we're going to take it to this defense. I don't care what they do. I don't care what coverage they're in. I don't care how many guys they rush after me. I'm going to tear them apart. That's what I wanted to see, and I didn't see it. Bill Romanowski, I'm with Cofield and Company. All right, well, how much of that confidence has been sapped or taken away by the loss of Ruggs and the big deep threat? Hey, you know what? Of course it's an issue. Um, I, I think our offense, you know, you know, before this game, they had played two bad games. And, and I think that was Derek Carr. Derek Carr had two bad games. And, um, and Ruggs is a big part of this. It, he's in it. He was a guy that you had to pay attention to because he could beat you deep on any play. Anytime, anywhere on that field, you had to know where he was. We don't have a guy now that can take that over. Hey, you know, Deshaun Jackson had a a nice play in the game and then it turned into a really bad play. Um, can he be that guy? I don't think he can do it play in and play out, but I think he can do it 15 plays a game. But I'm looking forward to seeing if he can step in and take that role. And, um, you know, if he can do that, hey, the, the Raiders got lucky if he can do that because they need that deep threat for everybody else, because you take that away, they can key on Waller. And, you know, you, you saw in that game that, that they were very effective, you know, against Waller in that game. And, you know, when you don't have a lot of threats, it's pretty easy to cover guys. You, you mentioned Waller. Obviously, uh, you played a little bit of defense in your day. What, what are what are they doing to stop him? And what can Waller do to counter that? What can he do to get open when you're focused on him? Um, you know what? Hey, those windows are really tight in the NFL. You know what you do on defense against a guy like that. You know because I kind of compare him size, speed might be a little bit faster than Tony Gonzalez, but kind of a very similar similar athlete you know um, I used to get him at the line of scrimmage so that's how I would play against Waller I'd beat him up at the line of scrimmage and uh, you know guys don't like they don't like being harassed at the line of scrimmage so I would start there and then you know I'm go- going into this game He's the only guy you need to double. 
We'd have nobody else that you need to double that is a threat on offense. And then I would double him, and I would say, go ahead, throw the ball. And I'd say, you, I'm going to make you beat me running the football, which last week running the football was pathetic. So it was just uh, I can't look to anything in that game and say, wow, that, that was good. It was good execution here. I felt great in this this part of the game. I didn't. I didn't feel good anywhere. That's the voice of Bill Romanowski, f- football legend, of course, uh, joining us here on Cofield and Company. Um, we, we asked if tackling is fixable. It, you, you talked about not doing anything well last week. Can a team just regroup? Can they go back to the team facility during the week and say, okay, we need to make these changes and we need to be better this week and then just get better on the field. This is a, you got to look to the head coach who's got to get, has to get their minds right and has to get them ready to play. You know, there's, you know, there, I, I call it the attaboy versus the pitchfork. You know, hey, it's, you know, pat on the butt, hey, great job, versus where does that pitchfork come in? And guys realize that, you know, nothing was good enough. And the attention to detail needs to be better. We need to fly around. We need to play with passion. We need to play like we love the game of football. And it did not happen. You know, so the coach sets the tempo, and that is a delicate balance at times. I I always felt like Bill Walsh, my first coach when I got in the NFL, was really good at understanding where the team was. You know, because, hey, we got our butts kicked a, a couple games, and we did not look good at times. And you would think, you were going to get killed in practice, and it was actually the opposite. And sometimes we won a game and we're feeling good about ourselves, and then he would bring the pitchfork <laughs> and was tougher on us. So it's a delicate balance, but that's where the head coach has got to be a psychologist and know his team and know how to motivate them. Well, what happens when the head coach doesn't have that much experience and, you know, may not be accustomed to doing one or the other or both? You know what? He has a lot of experience in the game of football. And, yeah, he is a new head coach, but he's a smart guy. He's been around a lot of great head coaches, and it's his time to shine. It's not rocket science. It really isn't, and uh, you know, I I know this. I'd be I'd be riding them pretty damn hard this week. That's that's how I would be. I'd be riding them so damn hard. I'd be, you know, just focusing on that attention to detail. Focus on flying around in practice. I need effort. I need enthusiasm. And we got to get ready to play the game of our lives. We have to play like this season 
is on the line, like the playoffs are on the line, and we got to get it done now. Bill Romanowski on the horn with Cofield and Company. We're getting ready for the uh, Bengals in town against the Raiders. So Joe Burrow makes mistakes. He's got 11 interceptions on the year. Who's the, the guy on their offense that you think the Raiders have to stop? Is it Joe Mixon or is it Jamar Chase? Hey, I, I think it's both, you know. But I always look at it this way. And the great teams that I played on, it was never about who we were playing against. It was never about, oh, how are we going to stop such and such? It was about what how we have to play our game. We have to go in and play Raider football. We have to go in and execute at a high level. We got to go in and fly around. We have to go into this game and we got to make tackles. We got to go into this game and we got to throw touchdown passes and we got to make our blocks. That is what the Raiders need to do. It's not about the Cincinnati Bengals, it's about the Raiders because when they play their game, they can beat anybody. Bill, we appreciate the time today. What else is cooking with you? You got anything going on? Anything you got to push for the holidays? What's happening? Well, you know, we all we all know uh, the holidays is the time where people uh, put on weight. Yes. And nutrition, yes. nutrition fifty three is my nutrition company, and I have the best tasting, best functioning, fat burning meal replacement on planet Earth. Anybody out there? that wants to lose a little weight and get ready for the holidays. How about that one? Get yes. ready for them so you can enjoy them with my Lean One fat-burning meal replacement. And just go to Nutrition 53 and get ready to lose weight. I like it. Talk, talking to the right show, Bill. Yes, yes. We, we, we are the highest-weighted show in the country. So be proactive, <laughs> not reactive. <laughs> All right, Bill. Hey, we appreciate it. Uh, have a good holiday, and uh, that was some really good stuff. Thank you. Awesome. Take care. There is Bill Romanowski, former linebacker in the National Football League. Last couple of years of his career with the uh, Raiders. Was in the division for a long time with the Broncos, Eagles, of course, uh, in the NFC East, and started out his career with the Niners. we got a really cool event coming up. Starts next week on Thanksgiving, and then it goes all the way through the beginning of 2022. It's called Enchant Christmas, the Enchant Christmas Experience at LV Ballpark. We're giving away two tickets right now to caller number 7364-1100. This is an event, a setup that they have in D.C., in St. Petersburg, in Florida, in Dallas. It is awesome. I love the holidays, and this is a magical light maze experience. You got uh, filled with... uh, Holiday light displays up to 100 feet tall. There's an ice rink out there. Again, November 26th to January 2nd at LV Ballpark. You can get your own tickets at EnchantChristmas.com. But right now, two tickets, courtesy of Ari. Caller 7-364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Friday, Cofield and Company means we check in with uh, former Oakland Raider, our uh, NFL insider, Stanford Route. All right, Stanford, I, I don't know, I get this weird vibe around Vegas and around the country when it comes to the Raiders. They've run into a little bit of trouble here, and there's almost like a feeling of desperation. Is that an overreaction or no at 5-4? and four? Uh, I wouldn't say that it's – I wouldn't say that it's exactly an overreaction. Uh, I think it's a – I think it's a uh... – 
a very, very honest reaction. I wouldn't say it's anything uh, overreacting uh, by any stretch, but yeah, when you go ahead and look at it, how they lost to the New York Giants, that's a team they should not have lost to. And then you see the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, the Chiefs, we all know they still got firepower. They've stubbed their toe several times in the early going part of this season, but we all know that they still have enough players. They still have enough elite players that they're going to be there at the end in the thick of things. They just stubbed their toe. So losing to the Chiefs is not exactly something that was blowing my mind. Matter of fact, I was at the game on Sunday. Beautiful stadium. Love the energy inside. I wish the Raiders could have been able to match the energy the fans had. But nonetheless, it's the way they lost. That right there is probably the one that's the most concerning is the way they lost. Not that they lost to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a good team. They lost to the Chiefs last year. So come on now. Chiefs been in the Super Bowl the past two years, but it's the way they lost. And now when you look at how they're five and four, and you can still see how they are uh, third in the division, what, just a game behind the Chiefs, I think a half a game behind the Chargers. So it's right there for the take. And that's why I will say this. I said it the other day on someone's radio show. I will go ahead and say it to you as well, Steve. These next six days will determine the season, in my opinion. They are going to at least, at least, you better go one and one in these next six days. At least. Because if you go 0-2, oh you drop down to five and six, and these Chiefs seem like they are now starting to get on that upward trend. And you got to believe Justin Herbert, the Chargers, they're not going to disappear. They're not just going to fall by the wayside. You're going to have to go one on one of these next six days uh, if you want to go ahead and try to stay um, on pace with everybody else. And like I said, the Chiefs, they got the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. They could very well lose that game. So you're by no means out of this, but you can't go 0 2. Yeah, I think the thing I'm most disappointed with in the Chiefs game is the defensive game plan going in and then the lack of adjustments. Yes. There just there cannot be any games the rest of the way where Jonathan Abram is stuck in lots of coverage and he gets targeted. I mean, he was targeted nine times. They had nine catches for 127 yards. I mean, I think you know the guy's limitations and his strengths. They just cannot put him in that position. No, 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 they can't. I think you got to find ways to go ahead and use him. Maybe kind of like how uh, you saw several years ago. I remember there was a guy that was drafted. Uh, 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 what's it? I think his name is uh, Barron. That was his last name. Safety out of Alabama. He got moved to linebacker, played for the Rams and the Steelers. Mark Barron. Actually did pretty good. Exactly. Like that. I think that may be better suited for uh, Jonathan Abram. Just put him always as a strong safety, like you do with Jamal Adams for the Seattle Seahawks, where he's always near the box. That's where he's at his best. But, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think the uh, defensive game plan, to me, it was not sound. There's too many guys running scot-free, too many guys that are getting behind the defense. You take a go-ahead and you go ahead and employ the same type of defense that the New York Giants ran, that the Tennessee Titans ran, that other teams, the Buffalo Bills ran. Play top-down, make Patrick Mahomes go on 80-yard, 12-play drive where he is throwing nothing but underneath to the running back, to the tight end. I remember several weeks ago, I remember it was, I believe, a Sunday night game or it was a Monday night game. No, it was a Monday night game against the Giants. Tariq Hill had like 10 catches for 90 yards. Usually Tariq Hill has three or four catches for 120. But the Giants made them go the long, hard way. Now, albeit they still lost the game, but it was a nail-biter, a game that should not have been a nail-biter for as many players as the Giants have out. But schematically, they were able to slow down the Chiefs. And I'm astounded and also disappointed at how the Raiders did not go and follow that same blueprint at least not, or at least not execute the same blueprint that you saw the other teams do. Uh, the other adjustment that was not made and really has not been made is with Darren Waller. And I understand Ruggs is gone, and you know their yeah. uh, receiving core is a little bit depleted, but you still have Foster Moreau. There's got to, and you guys, you have guys out of the backfield as well. There's got to be a way to get Darren Waller open more. How do they do it? 
I think that you're going to have to go ahead and split him out. I think you're going to have to go ahead and find ways, create ways that are specifically designed for him to get the ball. I will tell you just like this, Steve, is it something that a lot of people may not realize, but I will go ahead and just reiterate it once again. If you have an offense that your tight end is your number one threat, you probably won't really have as many successful, consistently successful seasons back to back to back because do you know how hard that is? It's so easy to go ahead and have the defensive end chip him as he's going ahead rushing to the quarterback. Put a linebacker, let a linebacker go ahead and bump him a little bit. Go ahead and bracket him with another safety or a nickelback, things like that. It's very easy to slow down an offense when the tight end is the number one threat. Let's go ahead and look at the NFL right now. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, stud, we all know that, but he's not the number one threat on the Kansas City Chiefs. You got Tariq Hill. You look at the San Francisco 49ers, George Kittle, great tight end, one of the best in the league. Definitely deserves the big contract that he got about a year or so ago, but that's where San Francisco kind of gets stalled. They beat the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football, but you can see that's why they're not able to consistently play well week to week to week. It's hard when you got your tight end as your number one threat because it's so easy to bottle him up because he's on the interior part of the field. So I think that right there plays a big part. And then obviously the departure of Henry Ruggs and Deshaun Jackson still getting acclimated to this Las Vegas offensive scheme. I think that also plays a part as well. But I think that when your tight end is your number one threat, or should I say your most lethal weapon, that to me signals an inconsistent level of offensive offensive success because of how easier it is to bottle him up. Stanford route. Our Raiders insider played for the Raiders, played for the Chiefs. All right, so the Bengals are actually favored in this game. They have the same record. They just allowed 41-31 and 31 in back-to-back games before this bye. Are the Bengals good? Uh, you got Joe Burrow, you got Jamar Chase, you got a team that's uh that's definitely looking like they are a contender in the AFC North to win the division. Now, are they going to win it? I don't know. I probably would go with Baltimore, but you can see that the Cincinnati Bengals, they are not a team that you can go ahead and just pencil in as a W automatically when you see them on your schedule right now. That definitely is not the case now because you have a young quarterback, much like Justin Herbert with the Los Angeles uh, Chargers. Whenever you have those young quarterbacks, they will go ahead and put up some duds of a game. You can see that Cincinnati Bengals they blasted the uh the Baltimore Ravens about a what about a month ago something like that and then they get blasted by the Cleveland Browns so you when you have the young quarterbacks they're going to be up and down but yes I believe the Cincinnati Bengals are a good team but can they be beat oh yeah no doubt about it is it going to be a cakewalk for the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday afternoon I do not think so but they definitely can win the game there's no doubt about that well, enemy number one, the guy you got to bottle up is the guy who should be the offensive rookie of the year, although I have a feeling we're going the same direction as last year with Jefferson versus Herbert and Mac Jones here versus Jamar Chase. Chase is unreal. He's one of the best receivers in terms of the deep ball. I think he's got six catches yeah. over 40 yards. So what do the Raiders do here to make sure they bottle him up and most of the stuff he gets is underneath? I think you're going to have to go ahead and basically just force Joe Burrow to be a methodical quarterback. You're going to have to force Joe Burrow to read defenses. You're going to have to go ahead and try to disguise certain things because, once again, he's still in his second year. Didn't even play all of the season last year because he tore his ACL. So he still is young in this game. Confuse him a little bit. Make him have to be disciplined the entire day. Bracket uh, Jamar Chase a little bit. Put a safety over the top. Go ahead. Do things like that. Mix it up. Make things difficult. Make Joe Burrow have to read the defense post pre-snap and have it change post-snap. 
make him have to read on the fly while Max Crosby and Ngakwe are getting up the field, putting pressure on the quarterback. You're going to have to confuse him because, like I said, if it was really, really the case where Cincinnati is just this juggernaut that right now is is just uh just 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 uh, like completely invincible, they'd be nine and zero. But they're not nine and zero. They're five and four right now. So clearly they can be beaten. But you got to have to go ahead and you're going to have to make plays on the ball when the ball's in the air, secondary corners and safeties, but also Gus Bradley. You're going to have to go ahead and mix up some of your coverages, confuse him. He cannot see the same thing from pre-snap to post-snap. He cannot see the same thing every time. Otherwise, Joe Burrow is smart enough. You saw his last year at LSU, what he did to everybody in college football. He is smart enough to go ahead and pick you apart. Well, you mentioned the other key thing in the game, to help the back end. Uh, Max Crosby has to continue at this level, and it's a it's a hard level to stay at. He's got 63 pressures of the quarterbacks this year. It leads the league, and you got a key matchup here with Riley Reef out at the right tackle against Crosby. How does Crosby keep this going? I know it sounds like almost like a negative angle because you know teams are going to start game planning for Crosby and start to chip him and get some extra help on his side. And I think that's where Ngakwe comes in, and that's where he really, really is the key piece, or should I say the key addition this past offseason, because now you cannot just slide the protection to Max Crosby, because then you're leaving somebody singled up with Ngakwe, so he can get off. So just off of that alone, having your proverbial number two receiver, or should I say your number two threat, that means you cannot just hone in all of your focus to one guy because the other guy will get off. And then all of a sudden now you're like in a boat that's sinking in the water where you're trying to plug up all these leaks and you only have two hands. You're not able to go ahead and plug up everything because eventually you're going to run out of hands. You're going to run out of things that you can go ahead and try to go ahead and plug up the leaks to keep the boat afloat per se. So that's why I think that even with Max Crosby, you're asking, can he keep this up? I believe he can because teams are going to have to single guard him, single block him, because if they don't, then you're really going to be giving a lot of pressure to the other side of the field with Ngakwe and whoever that tackle is has got to go ahead and block him. Looking around the division, Raiders play the Cowboys next week. They really need the Raiders to knock off the Chiefs in this game, and the Chiefs are a small favorite. Do you believe the Chiefs are – back to the point where they can actually handle the Cowboys pretty easily. I think that uh, the Chiefs are to that point just because we all know that the Chiefs were stubbing their toe. There's no doubt about that. But they still have the same players. They still have the same firepower. And I'll go ahead and I'll just say it like this. You look at the Dallas Cowboys, and they're, what, 7-2 and two right now. They're rolling. They're doing good. But them losing to the Denver Broncos wasn't just a fluke. It really, really wasn't because if you go down the list – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe I believe the, uh, the run game, Dallas Cowboys had, what, 50 yards rushing against Tampa Bay Buccaneers to start off the season, obviously, Tampa Bay Super Bowl champion. And then they go, they play the Los Angeles Chargers, they win that game. Then after that, they got Philadelphia Eagles, they're not good. You got the Carolina Panthers, they're not good. The New York Giants, they're not good. So when you really go and you look all the way, and then the Minnesota Vikings, up and down with Kirk Cousins, when you, and then the New England Patriots, I believe they play the Patriots right now this Sunday, they would lose to the Patriots. And a month ago, they almost lost to the Patriots because Mac Jones, I believe that was his coming out party where he really started to gain a lot of confidence within himself. So these uh, so these Dallas Cowboys, yes, they're a good team, but I don't think these Dallas Cowboys are nearly as good as everybody is saying that they are. And then, uh, like I said, you have the, uh, the Cowboys, the defense has gotten better. 
But now these Dallas Cowboys are going going against a guy named Pat Mahomes. They're going against a guy named Tariq Hill. They're going against a guy named Travis Kelsey. They're going against a guy named Miko Hardman. Oh, yeah, this is a little bit different out here. This ain't the New York Giants without Saquon Barkley and without Kenny Galladay. This ain't the Carolina Panthers with Sam Darnold and with Robbie Anderson at receiver. This ain't that (laughs) without Christian McCaffrey. So I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs, they're up to the task. It's just going to be a matter of can they stop the run game, obviously. Uh, We know that that used to be one of Dallas's strengths. It's not as much of a strength as it was. It's still pretty strong, just not as much as it was. And then, you know, Dak Prescott, he's got to go ahead and fling that ball around. Does De- can Dak Prescott go blow for blow with Pat Mahomes? You can do that with Daniel Jones. You can do that with Jalen Hurts. You can do that with Sam Darnold. You can even do that a little bit with Justin Herbert because he's a little bit younger in the league, hasn't really, really developed all the way yet. But can you do that with Pat Mahomes? You couldn't do it with Tom Brady. And Pat Mahomes is right there with Tom Brady. So that's why uh, I definitely think that the Chiefs, they, as much as I hate to say it, because I want to see my Raiders go ahead and still get atop the division, uh, I, I can very easily see the Chiefs winning this game. So last minute here, back to the Raiders. They get the win this weekend? I'm going to go ahead and think with my heart, and I'm going to say, yes, they do. They stubbed their toe against the New York Giants. That was uh, that was horrible to watch. And then, obviously, against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, it's a division rivalry. The Chiefs are no slouch, even though their record basically says that they're pedestrian. We know that they still have the firepower. I believe that they shouldn't have lost in the manner that they did, but them losing the game, it's not something that was shocking to me, as much as I know Raider Nation hates to hear that. Uh, but so I'm hoping that – they now feel the brunt of the embarrassment on their home turf the night that Charles Woodson is having his Hall of Fame celebration and things like that, and they come out swinging on Sunday afternoon because then you got to go right, turn right around four days later and suit it up at AT AT&T Center down there in Dallas, Texas on Thanksgiving while everybody's going to be watching. So I'm hoping that the uh, Las Vegas Raiders can go ahead and pull together. So I'm thinking with my heart right now and saying that they're going to win the game on Sunday. That doesn't sound like the strongest pick. I think we're all a little bit worried right now about (laughs) where the Raiders are and how they've played in recent weeks. Stanford, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, my man. You be good. Hey, have a happy Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you next week, Steve. You too. Stanford Route right here on Cofield and Company. A spot today is brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Best combination of service and rates and lowest fees. Call today to Dustin DeHart, Nova Home Loans, 577-2600 to lock in these awesome low interest rates before they go up. Property values have gone up 20%, but so have rental rates. Why are you still renting? Quit paying your landlord and purchase that home today. Perfect time of year to do so as things slow down a little bit. If you're a veteran or active duty military, Nova Home Loans is doing military appreciation year with that VA loan, no lender fees. That's a savings of 1300 bucks. And if you have credit issues, don't worry about it. You need help with your down payment, don't worry about it. Nova Home Loans offers free credit services to all their applicants and They've got a bunch of different great down payment assistance programs available to those that qualify, but you got to call 577-2600. Dustin DeHart, the team at Nova Home Loans, 577-2600. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co.